Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith coming to you from New York City. And I'm Natasha Smith coming to you from Colorado Springs, Colorado. And we'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. On today's special year-end program, Natasha and I will count down the top 10 stories of 2022. That's right. We'll start with number 10 and work our way to number one. But Warren, before we get started, what do you want to tell us about this list? Well, the first thing I'll say is that we've organized this list by the number of page views it got on the Ministry Watch site. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're the most important stories of the year, but I do have a high degree of confidence in our readers. And I think that all of our stories are important for one reason or another, but the ones on this list are the ones that you have told us by your own behavior that you think are important. I also want to mention that we published nearly a thousand stories in 2022, and our website got about two and a half million page views. About 500 of our stories got at least a thousand page views, but the stories on this list today are really at the next level. Every story on this list got at least 10,000 page views during the year, and our number one story got more than 20,000 page views. Well, that's really helpful info. And with that context, what's the number 10 story on the list? Well, our number 10 story is the story of a Texas megachurch that has decided to leave the United Methodist Church denomination. It's a Dallas area church of more than 6,500 members. Uh, will disaffiliate with the United Methodist Church, remain independent while investigates other options within the various Methodist denominations that are forming following the breakup of the UMC. Senior Pastor Arthur Jones of St. Andrew United Methodist Church of Plano, Texas, along with Kathy King, the chair of the church's executive committee, said in a post on the church's website uh, that they had been considering disaffiliation for years, but finally now are taking that important step. I should also add that even though this particular story was uh, number 10 on our list for the year, that we've done probably about a dozen stories related to the breakup of the United Methodist Church over the past year, and they all get a lot of page views, so must be a lot of Methodists out there listening to us, Natasha. Well, our number nine story is interesting because it's not really a news story, but an article that is a result of the data in the Ministry Watch 1000 database. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Ministry Watch stands for transparency and accountability. That's why we think it's important for Christian ministries to be as transparent with donors as possible. That's why Ministry Watch grades every ministry in the Ministry Watch 1000 database. Now, we released a list of ministries who received a failing grade, an F grade, whenever we rated them, gave them a transparency grade. That's about 15 ministries in our database, so not a huge number, but it's an important number, and I think that uh, a lot of our listeners and readers agreed with that. The transparency grade evaluates the ease with which donors can find the finances of a ministry. And the 15 ministries that received an F grade, number nine, story of the year. Well, our eighth story is the result of a bit of digging by Ministry Watch staff. Yeah, whenever the war in Ukraine broke out, you know, early in the year, there were a lot of people wanting to know where to give, how to give. 
Uh, and, and unfortunately, a lot of bad actors also sort of took advantage of that uh, willingness of Christians to give, and it created a lot of confusion. So we thought it would be helpful to publish a list of reputable Christian ministries that actually had boots on the ground, a real presence either in Ukraine or in nearby Poland or other places that they could you know, they actually had experience doing relief work there. So we published a list of um, ministries and, and other pieces of advice for those wanting to give help uh, to Ukraine, the Ukrainian people. And that article ended up being number eight on our list of top 10 stories of the year. Up next, number seven on the list is the story of Matt Chandler, a megachurch leader from the Dallas area. Yeah, that's right. A popular Dallas area megachurch leader was placed on indefinite leave for online communications with a woman who is not his wife. Uh, Leaders at the Village Church, uh, which is uh, based in the Dallas area, as you said, announced that uh, Chandler would be taking a leave of absence during a service back in August. I should also add a follow-up that Matt Chandler is now back in the pulpit. He was gone for three months. He went through a restoration process with his church, and we also reported on his return just a couple of weeks ago. Number six is another story that we've curated from our database. It's our annual list of 100 highly paid ministry executives. Yeah, the the list of the highly paid ministries, we don't call them the highest paid ministry executives, by the way, Natasha, because to be honest with you, some of the ministries do not release their financial statements, so we can't know how much those church leaders are making. But we do look at the Form 990s for nearly a 1,000 ministries. We have financial uh, salary information for more than 6,000 executives, and so we publish a list of the uh, most highly paid based on that list. And every year, we've been doing this uh, since 2020, 2021, and 2022. Every year, (laughs) this list ends up being in the top 10 stories of the year. And I should also mention that we've got a new list coming up. We're going to be publishing the 2023 list in just a couple of weeks on January 2nd. Number five on the list is the only opinion piece in the top 10 list. Yeah, you know, we don't publish a lot of opinion uh, articles at Ministry Watch. We we kind of feel like that, um, you know, we report and let other people have the opinions. But occasionally when we find, uh, you know, uh, an editorial or opinion piece that we think is particularly helpful, we will publish it on our site. And we had just such a story from Phil Cook. Uh, Phil Cook has been a regular on this podcast. He, we often talk to him on our Ministry Watch Extra episodes, and he wrote an article called The Top Six Risky Habits of Pastors in Trouble. When I read that article, when Phil um, you know, sent it to me and asked me to take a look at it, I thought, man, not only is it a great article, but it would be a great fit for our website, and our readers obviously agree, came in number five on our list of the top 10 stories of the year. Up next is the story of a ministry leader who initiated a very public divorce this year, and that's our fourth story. Yeah, number four, uh, Lisa Turkhurst uh, divorced from her husband, Art Turkhurst. In January, uh, Lisa Turkhurst announced that she had filed for divorce. The couple married in 1992, but have been separated since 2020. 
Uh, they live in the Charlotte area of North Carolina. In February, Art filed a response to the petition for divorce asking for post-separation support, alimony, and an equitable equitable division of property. I, I should add that just within the past uh, couple of weeks, Lisa Turkers has taken to Instagram to announce that that divorce has is final, and she said that she is feeling happier than ever. Well, it's no surprise that John MacArthur made the list this year. A story of him was also on last year's top 10 list, and this year he comes in at number three. Yeah, uh, the story this year is about a former member of John MacArthur's church uh, that says she was publicly shamed by the pastor way back in 2002 for her decision to leave an abusive husband and defy the church council. Um, MacArthur, who leads Grace Community Church in Sun Valley, California, told his congregation that it was necessary for him to call out Eileen Gray, who had rejected church elders' direction to reconcile with her husband, uh, who was a former uh, children's music and Bible music director and Bible teacher at the church, because the church bears responsibility before God to be the instrument of discipline. I should add that in 2005, David Gray, uh, the man who Eileen Gray said abused her, was convicted of aggravated child molestation, corporal injury to a child, and child abuse, and is currently serving 21 years to life in a California prison. The next story comes from one of our frequent collaborators, the Trinity Foundation. Yeah, the Trinity Foundation is based in Dallas, Texas, and they do a lot of the same kind of watchdog work that we do here at Ministry Watch, but we don't view them as competitors. We view them as collaborators, and we often work on stories together. One of the stories that we uh, promoted together was a story of million-dollar homes of televangelists and pastors. When we published that story, we weren't, to be honest with you, exactly sure what kind of a response uh, we would get. Uh, but I think one of the lessons of this story is that donors have a right to know uh, where money is coming from and where it is going within a ministry. And the, this uh, story compiled in conjunction with the Trinity Foundation, it came in at number two on our top 10 stories of 2022. Well, our number one story is sort of a time warp. We published it on December 27th, 2021, but because most people were off that week, the vast majority of the readership of that story, more than 20,000 page views, happened in January of this year. Yeah, that's right. It's a, a story about televangelist Perry Stone. Allegations of sexual misconduct began surfacing against uh, Perry Stone in 2020. His Cleveland, Tennessee-based ministry, which is called Voice of Evangelism, announced in July that he had taken a leave of absence. This was July of 2021, I should say, uh, after admitting that he had acted inappropriately with female employees. But a few months later, he was back in the pulpit, and now new accusations have been made public. Uh, according to the Chattanooga Times Free Press, the Federal Bureau of Investigation has been questioning people in connection with Stone's behavior. And, you know, Natasha, one of the—I mean, obviously we put this story uh, on the list because that's the way 
the cookie crumbled, so to speak. That It did end up having the most page views. But I wanted to also mention that a lot of our stories have a very long tail. Uh, that it's been interesting to me that even though we published that story a year ago, there are some weeks even now, a year later, where that story will be in the top 10 or top 15 stories of the week. Um, and so one of the things that we appreciate about our readers and also one of the things that we try to do here at Ministry Watch is to make our the Ministry Watch database in some ways kind of an archive, a public record, and a long-standing public record of what go what is going on in the Christian ministry space so that uh, maybe you're not interested in a ministry today, but you might become interested in a ministry a year from now or two years from now or three years from now that there is a public record of that ministry's activities. We have more than 3,000 stories now in the Ministry Watch database. Well, we're now that the top 10 stories of the year are revealed. Do you have any thoughts? Well, yeah, I have many thoughts, but I'll limit myself to just a few. First, uh, we'll be posting not just these 10 stories, but also the top 25 stories of the year at the Ministry Watch website uh, today. Uh, that list includes stories about Rick Warren, Jerry Falwell Jr., Hillsong, and Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, important stories that ended up in the top 25, but didn't quite make it up into the top 10. Secondly, I'd like to point out the diversity of the stories on this list. Longer thought pieces, lists that were curated from our database, and in some cases, breaking news items um, were perhaps the best representation that I could share of the diversity of stories that we do here at Ministry Watch and of your taste as readers of the Ministry Watch website. And that takes me to this bit of what I hope you will forgive, but a bit of shameless self-promotion here at year end. We couldn't bring any of these stories to you without your help. We take no money from the ministries we cover. We don't accept advertising. We don't have one of those frustrating paywalls, which I know I don't like. Uh, our content is completely free to all comers. Now, I say it's free, but it's not cheap. It costs money to pay writers and to keep that website up to date. December is the most important month of the year for our fundraising efforts. So if you're thinking about a year in Gift to Ministry Watch, why wait until December 31? You can take some of the drama out of those last couple of days of the year by making a donation today. Just go to ministrywatch.com and hit the Donate tab at the the top of the page. It'll take you only a minute and your gift will have a significant impact on our work here throughout the year. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosal and Jeff McIntosh. We get database and other technical support from Stephen DeBerry, Emily Kern, Rod Pitzer, and Casey Sedeth. Now, writers whose stories made this special year-end list include Bob Smetania, Phil Cook, Barry Bowen, and Kim Roberts, all of whom had one story on the list. Ann Stike had two stories on this list, and you, Warren, had four stories in the top 10 of 2022. And you've been listening to this special year-end episode of the Ministry Watch Podcast. Until next time, may God bless you.